right, so we're here at Mobile Tech 2015 in Florida, Orlando, 65 degrees. New York is 10, 15 degrees. Much nicer here than it is in New York at the moment. California, 71. Oh, shot. <laughs> yeah, a knife. <laughs> a knife in the back. Uh, if you don't know that name and that voice, uh, you're, you don't know detailing. Jason Rose from McGuire's. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me back, Larry. Oh, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> if they only knew all the stuff that was involved before getting this podcast going, it's frightening what's going on. I told them to stop laughing because it was. Uh, I want to get this all on on uh, film here. Uh, and then to my left, Joe Fernandez. Yes, sir. A newly appointed. You, you were named head czar of what this evening? Um, of the buffet China <laughs> down the street. <laughs> he won uh, an award. The IDA what? Um. 2014 Mobile Auto Detailer of the Year. That is something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. Awesome. Spectacular. Yeah, really awesome. You know. All right. Well, uh, Mobile Tech has been great. Uh, we'll, we'll probably hop into a, a few of those topics. But uh, today's episode or uh, podcast is really about um, a lot of the questions that you guys have asked. So I post something up on Facebook and Instagram asking, shoot, shoot me a bunch of questions, aka shoot questions to Joe and. Jason, and so let's start off with a bunch of them. Uh, was this from Instagram? Starting off with George BMW M3, shouting you out here. His question is, can you wax slash seal in winter? How cold is too cold? Who wants to go for that? Well, my answer, <laughs> my answer to that, I was born in, well, born in New Jersey, but I was raised in Florida, mm-hmm. and I now reside in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, my heritage is Cuban. So there's no anti antifreeze in Cuban blood. <laughs> so I do not like cold. Uh-huh. But the quick answer to George's question, if you have to sit down to pee and you're a man, <laughs> that's, that's probably a little too cold. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's like, thanks. That really was yeah, helpful. A little bit he's too like, cold. He's like, great. That's uh, exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> kind of advice. That's right. <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd have to ask uh, Jason if uh, the performance would would go down in the cold or go up. I know my performance doesn't. <laughs> it's completely for crap in the cold. But the wax and the compound still may be good. Actually, um, when it comes to most waxes, they can accommodate, you know, some cold. Um, but cold and wet, you know, so so cold with humidity, that's where there's a problem, because you know, waxes just, especially the polymer ones, they just don't cross-link, they don't bond. You know, there's an Eskimo somewhere going, damn. <laughs> <laughs> that isn't the answer he wanted so, to hear. Somebody yeah. in Alaska is going, why? No, I never do that. I, don't, I know why my wax doesn't work. <laughs> So that was just plummeted for whack. Right? <laughs> killed it right there. The North Pole. Everything yeah, just right. screeched to a halt. <laughs> I think we're actually going to move off of that one. This, is, this has been a, a rough start as it is. All right. So the next question is definitely Danny. Uh, his question is best polisher for someone to learn. Uh, Dan, are we doing the uh, short versions here? All right. So the, these are the short versions of the question. I'm sure they're, they're much longer. But basically he's asking what's the best polisher for someone to learn? Oof, a loaded question. Yeah, now um, I'll jump in on this one if you don't mind, Joe. The, Go right ahead. There's lots of options available, and um, I think the first place to start is, you know, are you a professional user or are you yeah. a do-it-yourselfer? Because the choice of tool, you know, would be different, I think. Uh, at least the recommendation would be different. So if you're going to use a tool, you know, three or four times a year, you're a weekend warrior, um, there's a um, a good offering of tools on the market for that type of use. 
And then if you're a professional, there's a whole nother set. But um, <clears throat> I would start with the uh, entry level ones because uh, there are, you know, there's premium high performance tools and then there's entry level tools. So I would start with the entry level ones and master those. And then if you kind of like machine polishing, then you can move up from there. And you mean, when you mean entry, you mean uh, uh, less orbit? Is that is that what you're no, I mean, the lines there? I mean, uh, kind of the, the lower price offset. point. I meant offset, sorry. No. Um, well, yes and no, because the, the uh, well, I don't want to say lower price tools, but the, the tools that are not premium priced, well, they tend to be um, the 8 millimeter orbits, you know, standard orbit mm -hmm. sizes. Um, and those are really good tools. I mean, in the hands of a, a do-it-yourself kind of person, if you're actually polishing on your own cars, it's a a big step up in performance from hand waxing, certainly. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a great idea. Whoever this is asking, if they're do it yourself, or it's a good move to make to go to machine application. Um, the polishing will be better. The it'll be faster um, and dare I say more enjoyable. I mean, um, so what would be the McGuire's brand of that one? What's the model? Well, we we uh, up until recently had the the G one ten V two. Uh, we're currently launching our MT300 now, um, which would also fall in that position of it could be entry level for the DIY, or it could be an everyday user tool for the professional. Got it. And yeah. it's still in that beginner, or uh, how do I say? Eight millimeter stroke size, yeah. you know, standard stroke size. Uh, yeah. And and price sort of the same as the as the ones that are less expensive. I yeah, yeah. Say that <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we're all like tiptoeing around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The cheap ones and the expensive ones. Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't say it's priced as low as some of the low range of these tools, but it's it's in between there and those ultra, you know, premium tools. Mm -hmm. All right. So I think uh, I think we covered that one. Erica. Oh my gosh. Erica Roxani Sony something. That's a very long name. The Rock. Uh, I got to read this whole one. I think the Rock Quarry with a limestone. All right. The question is. Did you have it on the question? Oh, here it is. I work near a quarry every day. When they blast, it sends a thin layer of dust, in parentheses, limestone, on the car. Ooh. I don't have, to, I don't have time uh, to wash my car every day, week, slash week. Should I be worried about pH levels? I'm thinking about the question as I'm reading it. pH levels. And am I a candidate for sealant? Or just use ammo skin regularly, as always. Thank you, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. Huh. Why, why would you have to be concerned about pH levels because of a is it limestone that's limestone that's burning into his car or something? Well, you? I'm I'm not a chemist, but uh, with my limited knowledge, here isn't limestone corrosive. If you add moisture to it, isn't it corrosive? That's what I'm thinking. Moisture has to be added to it. Yeah. Before you have to worry if there's a problem. Yeah. So never wash your car is our advice. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> drive the, away lime, from the quarry. <laughs> well, if the lime dust gets on it, and the car sits out and gets dew in the morning. Then yeah. it'll, it'll activate where yeah. corrosiveness or something, if it, if it is corrosive. Um, the person asked, is, is, uh, they, are they a candidate for sealing? Everybody's a candidate. I totally agree. Yeah, so go ahead and seal your car. Take best care of what you can and just and just keep it clean. Maybe maybe a car cover. That was the something. next thing. That, you know, if, you're, if you're that close to a, cor a quarry that's right. blasting, which sounds really scary, you should probably put something on top of your car. Well, it depends how much. If she really loves her car, get a bus pass. Yeah, how about how about yeah. a bicycle or that's right, uh, you know, that's yeah. Right. But uh, maybe a car cover, not not the material ones, the ones that are more um, the plastic canvas type of thing, the ones that aren't so porous. 
keep it clean. Mm-hmm. And then maybe a bottle of waterless wash. You know, I don't know how, how rough or how fine that dust is. You just kind of touch it up that way. Yeah. My concern with a cover is if you put that cover on a car with a lot of that particulate right, on the car. Yeah, you always got to cover yeah. a clean car. Yeah. Right. Mm. So it's a kind of an interesting situation this person's in. Uh, but, you know, to answer the second part of that question, definitely any kind of a paint coating or sealant would beef up the protection against the elements. Yeah, there. I've gotten a similar question, but not like that. That's a very specific one. Like in Dubai, a lot of, a lot of the people email from Dubai and they say, you know, we just got we have sand. As soon as we wash the car, within ten minutes, like dust over here, it's sand, sand over, there, yeah. over there. What do yeah. we do, kind of thing? I think it's the same sort of answer, but I don't, limestone, you know, might be a little more corrosive, like you're saying. So yeah, uh, that's definitely something. To, that's a good question. So I think we sort of covered it. That's us <laughs> as best we could. Yeah, GCS <laughs> pushing the button in the middle of the thing. Pass. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> wrong answer. Wrong yeah, question. The name of the company is Ammo, not Limo. <laughs> so that's the best we can do. <laughs> Next question from the Italian Stallion. Sylvester Stallone wrote in. What is the proper way to apply wax and sealant? The next question is: Do you put them on at the same time, and when is a good time to apply them? To apply them. Three questions in one. So the first one, what is the proper way to apply wax or sealant? Wax and sealant. Well, I uh, wouldn't use one or the other. I sort of endorse using both. Okay. So you put on the sealant, uh, you know, on a semi-regular basis, however right. it is for you, monthly, quarterly, whatever. And then I, I endorse the... Uh, the top coat. Top yeah. coat of putting a thin layer of carnauba. And I, this is just me personally, and I'm a little crazy because I enjoy driving the car clean. Right. Is right before I pull it out, or right after I pull it out, I rinse it down, I hydrate it, I, you know, I, I dry it. And then I put the less than seven minutes, I put a, a light layer of, of wax around the car. Maybe right. it's just psychological, and I pull it off, and I feel as it, the car looks dripping wet because I'm. Yeah. Th- that's just my process. It may right. be all psychological, but. That's how I do that. So sealant goes on first. I let it dry. Uh, I mean, let it cure. I, I don't put it on, wipe it off, and then immediately put wax yeah, on because right. sometimes yeah. it can get a little hazy. But uh, that would be my answer. Anybody else? Yeah, I, I, my answer um, <coughs> would be follow the directions because, you know, there are different types of waxes. There are different types of sealants. There are spray-ons. There's wipe-ons. There's paste. There's liquids. And I would say follow the directions on the bottle and apply it that way. All right. And, do you, go ahead. and there's a few ways to do it. Do it by hand or by machine. Yeah. And they're both very similar on how to do it. You guys do it by machine, right? I do it by hand. Uh, you know what? I do it by hand on my own cars because it just feels better. That's, I agree with that. Yeah. But, but when in business, I don't. Time is money. We got to get these cars done. And there's, there's really no huge big difference in, in the quality of our end result, I don't think. But... It just feels better. When you're doing it by hand. Yeah, when you do it by hand. As a matter of fact, uh, I bought a can of paste wax not long ago just to wax my car with paste wax, just to go back old school. <laughs> yeah. It felt great. Yeah. And you know what? This brings me back to that question about when it's too cold. I get better results if I paste wax in the cold than if I use a liquid wax in the cold. The paste wax dries quicker. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, What's your cold, though? Well, you know, <laughs> you're cold. Yeah, just, just I'm not that borderline where I got to sit down when I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, our colds, I don't know, maybe in the 40s. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, 
<laughs> children. So, You're all children. Right. <laughs> hey, 40s in California, we get oh, no, we get storm watch on the yeah, news. The you know, shut down. We hide under the bed. Yeah, Campbell's soup is off the shelves. It's all gone. Yeah, we're just terrible. 40 degrees. What a joke. All right. Uh, do you put them on at the same time? Answer. Short answer is no. They're no. When is a good time to apply them? I say anytime. The more often. What, what, yeah. what does Mike say? Best, I can't think of this thing. Frequent car care is easy car care. There you, go. there you go. There you go. So that answers that. Oh, geez. Look at the name of this next person. How am I supposed to say this? Uh, VW Hora. <laughs> Hora. Uh, all right. What is the best approach to cleaning? I can't believe you made me just say uh, Hora on my podcast. Did you really say that? Yes. Uh, what is the best approach to cleaning and maintaining weather stripping or exterior rubber? Good question. Yeah, it is a good question. Jason Rose, take it. Go to Dubai, drive through the sandstorm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Pitted and nasty. <laughs> What's the question? Oh, for crying out loud. What is the proper... Nope, wrong one. Back it up. What is the best uh, approach to cleaning and maintaining Clean. weather stripping? Okay. Who asked that question? Uh, no, <laughs> make him say it again. <laughs> it was VW who? So <laughs> <laughs> uh, cleaning and maintaining trim. Yeah, weather okay. stripping or exterior um, rubber. So yeah. the trim, the trim. Uh, well, the simplest way that I can think of is that while you're washing the car, and this works a lot, a lot of the time, um, you can just take your car wash soap and um, a soft bristle brush. And agitate the trim. That, that is uh, that is amazing. You said that we. Um, I'm going to do a shameless plug for uh, the season one of dri uh, season three of Drive Clean episode one that comes out next week, which is probably around when this is going to come out. If you watch uh, Kevin Brown, I I kind of I I saw this happen before, so it wasn't the first time, but it was the first time I've seen it in a while, and I just totally didn't think of it. He puts soap, little soap in a, a squirt bottle with oh, some water. Yeah, yeah. Yep. squirts the thing and then uh, uses like Brushes a little interior. But I yeah. was like, oh, yeah. I mean, that was such a, it wasn't genius, but I was like, this is genius. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I think uh, your point of doing the trim, um, I yeah, think. I mean, I feel like, you know, you're on the car, you're already washing it, you're using the suds, you just get, you know, a different applicator than your wash mitt. Mm -hmm. uh, you're using a soft bristle brush. Now, the, the caution there is you got to be careful of the surrounding painted areas and you're not grinding that brush too hard on a painted mm -hmm. area and the type of brush that you use yeah yeah you know, not sort of too thing. stiff so in terms of main so now the car is dry and it's clean and it's looking good how do his uh, his question is the second one is how do you maintain that yeah the the category of maintenance for trim and stuff like that's expanding now uh, there's lots of new products but you can go with a frequent approach which is using like a trim dressing or mm -hmm. a product like that and uh, that's a wipe on wipe off kind of thing um or a wipe on uh, and leave on, um, and then they have the, the the new sealants and coatings now for those materials, uh, for for stronger, longer term mm -hmm. protection. Mm -hmm. And I would say do your homework because there's a lot of bad stuff out there. There's stuff that you can dress trim with, and the first time your car gets wet or you wash it, it just bleeds down onto the paint. Yeah, and there's oily, nasty residue. Yeah, on your well, paint. we don't need to say them, but you know ones that don't do that. You can mention their name. Well, uh, I use almost exclusively Meguiar's products, and I use the trim. I don't know the part number, but the trim gel. Uh huh. Right and, now, Jason um, is handing you know him twenty dollars under the table. You're <laughs> gonna, well, you're gonna hate this, but it doesn't. It doesn't do it like ninety nine percent of the time. 
but on rare occasion it will do it on some very soft rubbery trims like Porsches, for example. Yeah, that almost nothing going on a Porsche trim. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other ones that have a bunch of solvent in it, and I've seen yeah, dry, it, dries it out, dries turns it, out, it, it white. It would yeah. have been better leave it alone. Right. Yeah. Yep. So you do your homework on that trim, mm-hmm. and then some trims, some of the dressing, all the trim is around windows, and if it's hard. To put on, you get it on the glass. Now you got this oily stuff on the glass. Yeah. So work on your technique. And not, don't get it on the glass and use a quality product. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. Um, all right. We're going to skip that one. Tire Shine uh, Angel Lopez Z22. Tire Shine coming off on front two wheels faster than rear wheel, wheels. What the heck kind of question? I don't know if you guys got any of that, but basically the front wheels come off first or the back ones. The front wheels, uh, tire shine comes off first. The back ones stay on longer. Now, what did you say his name was? Angel Lopez Z22. I know the problem right right there. I'm Latino. He's Latino. (laughs) Very few of us have the same make and model tire on all four. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean... (laughs) I'm 46 years old, and just this summer I celebrated. Not only do I have the same size tires on my car, I got the same brand. All four. So being Cuban, that's a milestone right there. I mean, you guys laugh, man, you know, but this is the struggle's real. You know what I mean? So uh, so just tell Angel, save up, get the same brand and size. Same brand. Yeah. Rotate your tires. Yeah, so, yeah he's, got the, he's got the Firestones up front and the Prelis out back. You know, I, I actually think, all kidding aside, that that that's not what's probably happening. But the size difference, there's, there might he might be running a different size front or back. And if you have a wider, thicker tire, uh, you know, sidewall, yeah, it, you yeah. might be able to lay down more product. I don't know. If you have thin sidewall, that's hard to. Yeah. So Dan, oh, maybe, Dan so over there, all of them are slinging the same, but just one in relationship to the panel. Hits the panel more than the other. That's something. Yeah, that's an it. interesting question. I don't yeah, think we'll there's go with a, I don't think there's a you know a right answer to that. I've one. not heard that one before. But... <laughs> oh boy, this one is. Um... All right, these are the type of questions that we got a lot, and I'm actually going to throw this one at Jason because it's. I want to hear what his response is. But basically, the question is um, from someone here that says, "I have a black Mercedes with swirls and haze. How do I remove it?" <laughs> It, um, Go. <laughs> Call a professional detailer. <laughs> well, actually, the that is kind of how I would respond because how how you address that really depends on are you going to do it yourself. You know, I'm assuming they're going to do it themselves, mm-hmm. right? If they're asking are, this, yeah, if they're asking, they're probably going to do it themselves. Yeah. So I would be curious how they got the DAAs in the first place. So they must be a machine user. Right? Oh, that's actually a good deduction there. I didn't even think of. Yeah, if you're getting swirls and haze, unless the real definition, uh, we can see this one, we can talk about for about two hours, but the real definition of what you're talking about right now is swirls and haze occur from a machine. Those are machine induced defects. As opposed to love marks. Yeah. We call them love marks. So we could be, you know, there's a lot of interpretation on this particular one. But yeah, someone is putting haze and swirls into it. Yeah. It means he has a machine. So he either needs to use that machine correctly or throw it away. Yeah. And get another so worse. I mean, the the answer involves you know learning um, some different techniques. It involves perhaps product choice, pad mm-hmm. choice. Um, you know how you're using the polisher. I mean, that's a very it's a simple question, but it's a very complex answer. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I... I think that's that's, that's, the first, that's what my wife told me when I asked her to marry me. <laughs> she goes, "That's a simple question, but it's a very complex answer." I'm like, you know, I, I was like, "Well, cops comes on in 15 minutes. You can speed this up." Yeah. It's something wrong. With I'm that. just reminiscing. That's all. You go. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, I, for, I forgot my name, let alone the question. Right. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, our products like soap, uh, this is George, Nico, George, uh, our products like soap, wax, clay, detailing spray effective, uh, at temp two temperatures at or below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that's question number one. So basically what happens when the temperatures drop below 32? I'm guessing some of them are, yeah, some of them won't freeze. Detail spray most likely will soaps in my my soaps don't, but I don't no. think any soaps do. You probably don't get these questions in July, do you? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Yeah, I have nothing to add. You know, when it's colder outside than what's inside my refrigerator, mm-hmm. I have no experience whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> you, know. you can use lots of things. Detail sprays, uh, glass cleaner definitely won't freeze, obviously. Right. Um, There's very few things, actually, that will freeze in terms of detail chemicals. If you have a water-based uh, tire dressing, it'll get super viscous but yeah, i don't think it'll it really thicken freeze. up yeah um yeah 32 degrees i mean that's cold but it's not like if it's like 10 degrees or negative yeah. whatever yeah. then and pretty much anything is going to be non-usable but if his question is can you use it afterwards a lot of people ask me hey it, it froze in the back of my car and then i put it inside for the night or whatever and went to sleep and came back is there anything different i, I don't find the difference but i'm sure you know, something is going on there but well, within our line, we don't recommend the the real extremes in temperatures, either like very hot or very, very cold where you're freezing it. Because a lot of our waxes, especially waxes and polishes, they don't they don't like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, room temperature is a good place to store them. Some people store this stuff in their trunk of their car, and then everything freezes in their car, and then they try and use it mm-hmm. in the summer, and it doesn't work right. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think there's a, there's a few products in our line that are sensitive to extremes in temperature. Yeah. No, I agree yeah. with that. Um, all right, good question. We have two really good questions coming up, and this is from Facebook. Uh, Luke Piskovic, um, how do I speak with a high-profile client? It's actually, I think, a very uh, interesting question. Um, so obviously a detailer. Yeah, I was thinking the yeah. same. So he's a detailer. He wants to speak with a client. These, I was just talking about this at dinner. I think one of the most important things when you talk to uh, or converse with someone, uh, you know, who's considered a high-profile client or, uh, you know, celebrity or whoever, I think the way that I've done it in, in my business was to not acknowledge the fact that they're a celebrity or a superstar or whatever, a high-profile client. You talk to them like you're really excited about the car and you're just whatever. You're, you're not going overboard because he has a Ferrari. Are going overboard because he's on TV mm-hmm. or plays for mm-hmm. whatever sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think people like that. Do you understand? I would, I would say be real, be yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, and and not try to be artificial about it. Mm-hmm. And don't yeah. like, and don't like linger around. I don't know how to say that the right. Like just be like, yeah, sure, let's get it done. And like just do like you would. Yeah. Like if an old lady walked in and you had no, you know, that kind. Of, just be normal, and I think, I think they appreciate that. And that's how we deal with Joe. You know what I mean? He's yeah, so we famous. have to be that way yeah, with him. 
Um, uh, another thing I would add is um, if you present yourself to them, they're kind of interested. Maybe you didn't close a, a sale or make a deal. Before you leave, already set up some way to contact them back again. You know, no, that's change phone cool. numbers. Um, everybody famous that I've ever detailed for, I very seldom ever get to meet them or talk to them. I'm always dealing with some, some kind of an assistant or mm-hmm. something, a personal assistant. And they're the ones I, I talk with and, and, and get real cool with. And mm-hmm. you can talk. Hey man, you know whatever. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily talk that way to the to the actual to the boss. We call it, you know. And then I also take care of that person. They're they're the gatekeeper, you mm-hmm. know. So I'll I'll detail their car. And I got one now a new client, and I'm just real cool with the, the assistant. And if you kind of win over the assistant and get real cool yeah. with them, the yeah. the assistant's butt is on the line if something goes wrong. Right. So a lot of times they're over cautious. So just get real cool with them. You know, and then every now and then, if somebody, if this famous person comes out in the garage or whatever, just be polite and professional, and just yeah, let it flow like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely don't ask for pictures or anything. No, like you know, I don't do that. And then yeah. yeah, don't ask for pictures. All that stuff will come later on. Yeah, you know, if you want to, if you want that. Yeah, be careful about that. Good question though. That's, that's it, definitely. Being right, tell these people that I'm car struck. I'm not starstruck. That's nice. <laughs> I'm car struck. And a lot of those guys are really appreciate that kind of stuff. They, they do. Because they're car nuts. It's yeah. a car, the car is the great equalizer. Yeah. You can have a billion dollars or you can have a whatever. And if you're really excited about this jalopy that you have, yeah. and that guy is into that, let's call it Porsches or whatever, for example. Yeah. You guys are talking and you're doing your thing. It doesn't matter that you know this guy wears gold shoes or whatever. You know what <laughs> I mean? Hey, I'll, I'll take gold shoes. That was good. <laughs> hey, you hear about that $400 underwear they sell? It was on TV. I'm thinking, if I had $400 underwear, you, you know how you know? Because I'd wear it on the outside of my pants <laughs> so everybody could see it. You know, I wouldn't cover that up. <laughs> That's a scary thought. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the next question. I don't even know where to go with that one. Just... I had something to add to that last part, and I forgot. I completely forgot about it. We, we, yeah. we think oh, I know. Here oh, I was going to add. Boy. Okay, I've never owned a Ferrari. Not yet. Anyway, mm-hmm. and I can sit down with a Ferrari owner, and I could, and we could talk about the the problems the Ferrari has, the strengths, the weaknesses. Because I've talked to so many of my clients that have Ferraris, and I've moved them out and driven them around the block and stuff like that. I think I can relate to them better because I have a 1964 Buick Riviera. You know, uh, to a guy who really, really wanted it and was drunk, I could probably get fifteen thousand or sixteen thousand for that car. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. That's what the Valve stem caps cost in some of the cars that I detail for. Mm. But I talk to these guys. I have a client has bought an Inventador. He doesn't like the way it handles, but it's a beast in a straight line, and it's this and it's that. Yeah. Then when I go talk to the other guy who has an Inventador, so how do you like the handling? And oh yeah, the handling's not that good. And you know, so I can kind of relate to him, and we're just car yeah. guys talking. But I never, never, I never owned an Inventador. <laughs> so how do I know? You know, so I make best use of when I'm with, when I'm in contact with the owner, and when I'm in contact with the car. Because moving it around and doing things, I learn things about it. Getting in yeah. and getting out. Isn't that yeah. funny how your knee hits here, you know? Yeah. And I learn things from the guy who drives it all the time. So that way I can kind of relate to them on that same car, even though I don't own that kind of car. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? And mm-hmm. I kind of, yeah. I can give an opinion. I can give, you know. And then, you know, my sense of humor. One guy wants to buy a, a pearl white Ferrari GTO, you know, a couple years old. And I, and I go, you're asking me? Yeah, you're the detailer. I go, I'm trying to save up to buy tires for my van. And you want me to pick the car for <laughs> your next Ferrari? You know? <laughs> but he's one of the guys who has a number of cars, and I can talk to him. Then I can go to the next client who has a similar type car and just kind of yeah. relate. So just be a car guy, like you said, but educate yourself. Road and Track and, and Motor Trend and all these magazines about cars, get those magazines. That, if that's the clientele you're looking for, yeah. you drive those. Get those magazines. And then when they have, a, when they have two or three-year-old... Um, Whatever, M3, 
The new one's coming out and it has more horsepower and has this, has that. Oh, did you hear? The new M3 has this and that. Yeah, oh, I heard, you know, and they're not yeah. offering that yet. You can relate to them. And meanwhile, I'm driving a 61 Dodge Seneca. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you, you ever heard of that kind of car before, Dodge Seneca? Yeah, it's, it's an old four-door something that nobody's ever heard of. It's weird. It's like the last one that ever... There's remains. I put it this way: when I add gas to it, when I fill up the tank, it doubles the value of the car. Mm-hmm. That, that's, how, <laughs> <laughs> that's, how, that's how cheap it is. Where does he come up with this crap? Come up with it? What? Fact. <laughs> Moving on. Next question: uh, Dan Tothill. Uh The safe. The air conditioner just came on. Yes. Uh, just in time. Too. Just now. It feels good. Safest way to remove snow and ice. From your car in winter. Move to Florida. <laughs> Drive to Florida. Drive, Again, another go to Dubai. <laughs> yeah. uh, we actually did this in uh, this episode that I shot in um, Chicago. Again, for the, the Drive Clean 3 that's coming out next week. So it's probably three or four weeks this will air. But uh, obviously the ice scrapers for no one listening here is ever going to need this particular you know piece of uh, advice but ice scrapers are for glass not for paint <laughs> <laughs> i can't tell you how many people have come in and be like man this thing is really great i was like yeah you take a uh, bird poo off your car with a screwdriver too like how does that work yeah so uh obviously ice scrapers and that goes for the black thing the uh the uh, like metal brushes i call them that mm-hmm. are on uh, you know the, you know what i'm talking about it has the 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 uh clueless you don't know what I'm talking about? Ice on your windshield? Windshield no. wipers don't get rid of that? No, 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 no. You got, you know, the scrapers? And yeah. on the back side of the scraper, has got that. The, oh, the squeegee thing? No, not squeegee no. thing. It's got like a, it's like a brush, like a hard brush. You guys are from, you guys, you know what? I'm, I, gonna, you know, I'm talking to the snow. wrong people. You're talking to, you, we don't have yeah. to. I've been in snow once in my life in Korea. It was the most miserable <laughs> time of my whole entire life. Yeah, I, I'm saying this to them, and I'm, I'm, hope, I'm looking for them to help me out a little bit here, and they're just right. like blank faces, like, we don't know. How do you want to scrape paper. your car? Hmm? Is the is snow that white stuff? That's that's just, right. Is that what he's talking about? <laughs> right. Oh, Yeah, so I'm going to have to take this one on my own. All right, so the next yeah. thing they have is a snow blade. Snow blade is made out of uh, like a cushiony material. I'm sure you've seen it. Yes, yes, no. No. You, you can't, a snow blade? A snow blade? I didn't know it was such a... It's like a thing that you can push the snow off the car, and it doesn't scratch. I'm using air quotes here, but you can't see it because we're on podcast. Oh, I guess. It was a commercial where a guy did that, and he was doing something to his car. Yeah. And then he hit the alarm to start his car, and it was the one behind him. You've seen that? <laughs> so I guess that's what he did. Yeah, the guy, the guy comes out, and his car's covered in snow. <laughs> So he spends he spends forty five really minutes doing whatever you're talking about, <laughs> and then he, he hits it to get in, and it's the car behind him. Like uh, <laughs> that's really. Funny. I guess that's a funny snow thing. You know? yeah. All right. So the way that I've gotten around this thing is that 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 plastic foamy thing that you scrape, you know, do the car with to get it off. It's, sure, I believe you. All right. Here we okay. Go, okay. <laughs> Here's here. You got to watch the video because it's pretty cool. I found out that my the microfiber uh, is the perfect size, so. If you lay out a microfiber towel and you take you unscrew the wooden handle that comes with the snowblade, which is a big square thing, I think most of you guys are up to speed with me uh, listening. So I put that the uh, cushion down. Then I take the microfiber towel, wrap it around the the uh, the cushion, and I cut two little holes on the end of the towel so they flop over each other. So I can take the Handle, handle and screw the handle in so uh-huh. it holds the microfiber towel. Are you kind of with me? Got it. Yeah. And now it becomes a pushing thing. Yeah. But it's with got the, micro- with the microfiber around it, it instead of because if you if you were to take on a black car, let's say my Porsche or your truck or whatever, and you just lightly go back and forth, you don't think that's going to scratch. Believe me, it's going to yeah, yeah. it's going to scratch. Yeah. But it is leaps and bounds better than you know grandma's broom in the you know sure in the garage to yeah, take that it off. Makes sense, even though I can't. 
You relate. can't relate to it, yeah. Hey, can we redo this podcast in July? I might be able to contribute <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, it is not helping at all whatsoever. There's nothing here I would use on my car. Oh, there we go. He found it on Google. It's like a big spatula looking thing. Oh, that yeah, is? yeah. No, that's not it at all. Oh. It's <laughs> called a snowblade. I, or the snow broom. Snow broom, snow broom, snow blade, something like that. When you Google snow blade, look what comes up. Oh, uh, yes, that's not. Yeah, unfortunately, no, that's the not people it. listening can't see you playing on your phone right now and <laughs> see the videos <laughs> that you're showing. There it is. That's a snow blade, right? That's a snow blade. That is exactly it. That's there we a go. Found snow, look. That's a snow blade. Interesting. Yeah. You see, it's got like the cushion and stuff on there. there Google search snow blade. All right. Uh, we got a, three more questions and we're out of here. We're still at mobile tech, so we got to go do fun stuff downstairs. <laughs> uh, or. Ali Moss, a very cool name. O L I, Ali Moss. I need, I need yeah. one of those. Uh, his question is Should we do jet wash, which I, I think is another way of saying power wash, or just a hose with a spray gun? Now, my, I don't know if you guys want to think about that. Jet wa- consider jet wash. I'm guessing he's saying power wash. Power wash versus just using a hose. Because a lot of my videos just show using a hose. The difference with what I'm doing is a lot of times I can't use a power washer. Because you use a power wash, I'll blow the paint off the car because they're like a hundred years old. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, yeah. And the door seals you know, don't actually seal, so if I get like jet, you know, then I got to clean the inside. So I kind of stay away from power washers because it's whatever. But we do have one. Um, so in my case, if I was doing a truck, like your your Jeep or whatever, mm-hmm. whip out a power washer in two seconds sure. and knock that mud no off. I'm not going to sit yeah. there. So yeah. it's not it's not a matter of which one is is better. It's which one I think is better for that particular application. Right. But, That's like yeah. for anything in any equipment in your van or in your shop. You know, you you grab the appropriate tool for it to take care of the job, most yeah. efficiently and, and delicately, or whatever was most important to you. Mm-hmm. So it, we need more information. What's, what's yeah? I, I think I, I think I think the answer is we feel strongly both ways. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> both. Uh, so important. they're both. Yeah, do half of the car with a jet. And the other half. <laughs> <laughs> with the hose. Whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, this is th- this is a, a guy who um, responds a lot on Facebook, so I'm going to re- read his question. Michael Polly, I'm not quite sure how to interpret this. Unless Dan, you can hop in here. It says, "How important is German detailing wise?" That was the that's verbatim. How important is German detailing wise? Would I benefit from NXT Institute training course as a non professional detailer? Is he from Germany? His name doesn't seem like I don't oh. know. I have no idea. Detail Germany. How right. important is Germany detailing wise? That the, I'll, how important is Germany detailing wise? Question mark. Hmm. How maybe it's like uh, maybe there's emphasis. How important is Germany detailing wise? How important in what? Well, I mean, we all talk well, about machines okay. and stuff uh, from Germany. I let's see. I don't know if this is what he's asking, but I can comment um, knowing that market a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. There's a in the detailing business. There are compounds and polishes and waxes that come out of German Germany. You know, German engineers. There's some polishing tools come out of Germany. So <clears throat> when you say Germany, I think of the innovation and some of the good products that come out of Germany. So I would say they are a positive influence on the on the detailing industry. There's some great brands that come out of Germany. The great wow. tools, great cars. Um, good cars, yeah. You can ask the, the Shamwell guy. You know the Germans always make good stuff, right? <laughs> so there's your answer right there. I, I I can't even string together his thoughts. It's like... <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Uh, would I benefit from NXT Institute if he was a non-professional? Absolutely. 
Yeah, but can you come to NXT if you're non-professional? Uh, oh, you have to ask. I don't know about that. Um, I think some have, right? Some kind of hardcore part-timers. We had, let's see. Yeah, we had two at the last. You know, NXT. I know of one that that wasn't yeah. full-time in the detailing business. Yeah. I do. So that's the only question so, I think yes, we need can. to answer is whether you can go or not if you're if you're not a professional. Because if you're a professional or not, you're going to learn something in NXT. Well, so the, cl- the class is intended and, and designed for... The professional detailers. Yeah, it's not for beginners. Mm-hmm. But there's no there's no reason why someone who would have the skill set, you know, prerequisite for that class that they can go. And I don't see a reason. We did have, I believe, we had two that were non professionals, yes. did not have a business that went to that class. Yeah. And there were a few that shouldn't have a business. That went, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just most of those guys are my buddies. So. All right. Next question. This is a uh, uh, a detailing. Uh, and she's uh, awesome. She's always posting on Facebook. So thank you for that. This is Holly Minter. Um, oh, Dan- I know her. You, do you know her? Yeah. Really? We're Facebook friends. Is she, is she the one that has like the helmet on in her Facebook picture? Yeah, she's got a helmet on with a shield up. It's yeah, like we've, she's on a motorcycle. we've chatted back and forth. And Are you being serious? I'm t- totally serious. This is awesome. All right. So her question is, I've installed... She used air quotes around installed. I've installed love marks on my black uh, paint hood in two spots. In two spots. I've installed love marks just in two spots. Okay, otherwise the, pa- this, the paint is scratch fee. I'm afraid I'll be doing more damage being a noob to scratch removal. So applying, so now she's applying makeup in air quotes like glaze to, to appealing okay. to me, okay. which is appealing to me at this point. Can you explain the best way to layer makeup products how long they last and the frequency to reapplying, or am I just being too chicken? Thank you. Sorry, sorry, Larry. I know you're believing in fixing a problem, not just covering it up. P.S. I've applied skin. And I <laughs> she love answered this. her own question. Her own there. question. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. The quick answer is no guts, no glory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All in. That's it. Um, I mean, speak about glaze. Glaze essentially is a filler, and like a makeup. It's only going to last so long. So yeah. when women or whoever, in, in Joe's case, when he puts on makeup and goes yeah. out, it's only going to last the night, right? And it doesn't help very much in Joe's case. No. <laughs> After a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess it's not going to last very long. And in terms of layering it, I mean, is, is glaze layerable? I, I've, never even, I've never even processed that because I don't carry glaze. Like, uh, I, I just, I've never used glaze. I mean, no, I've used glaze. Uh, the glazes that we had, no. No, because glaze, no, when you put, layerable. it kind of washes off the glaze that's on there already. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kinda. not layerable. Yeah, so, so the answer is, you know, learn what she's doing, learn how to fix it and fix it. She's an enthusiast and she loves her car. Yeah. Go ahead and take the time and learn how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Holly, give me a call or call Jason. <laughs> we can pick that. I, she's always on Facebook. She's yeah. a super uh, yeah. loyal to that, so that's awesome. So we could definitely you know, get gla- it for people that, that you know. I mean, there's there's a there's room for it out there somewhere, but it's um, yeah, learn how to fix it. And yeah, given given work. today's you know recent technologies and products and pads and stuff like that, it's not that difficult. She she can do this. Yeah, she I, can do it. I agree yeah, I with agree. that. That's uh, that's good. All right, next question, Michael Weedman. Uh, this is uh, one I get a lot, actually. I oh, I know, Mike. You, you know, Mike? No, no not really, but he had to know somebody. I want to know somebody. <laughs> 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 All right, Mike, your friend Joe uh, yeah. is going to answer this question for you. How do you wash microfiber towels in a washing machine, hmm? a.k.a. temperature, RP, RPM? 
uh, detergent. I never thought of a washing machine as an RPM. I got the 7,000 RPM <laughs> washing right. machine. Blows right. the towels in there. You see my machine? I got a blower sticking out of the side. You know, so. Oh, the Tim yeah. Allen one? Where no, you know, I got, I got, I got the, the, the Keith Black Maytag. You know who Keith Black is? No. Makes a top fuel dragster engines. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I got the Keith, the Keith Black edition Maytag. Yeah, Blows the, the yeah. clothes right out the door. I don't know. You could do that. I don't know you could change RPM on a washing machine. All right, so who wants to take that? Am I taking that or are you taking that? Somebody take it. You don't want to hear. I just, I just wash mine. I put liquid soap. I read the bottle, like you said, with waxes. And I put it in there, and I, I, do, uh, I do use hot water. Um, I have different microfiber towels. They're color-coded, and I wash them a little bit different, each one. My wax ones, I put a, a cup of uh, vinegar in there to eat up the wax with the soap. Yep. The, uh, my my grunge great. or the GP microfibers, I just put soap and, and wash them. Um, I think I spend more time on how I dry them. I dry them real gently. Don't let them get hot. Yeah. Mm. Uh, low or no heat in right. the dryer so, is key. So I, I pay particular yeah. attention to how I dry them. So if you if you have a brand new microfiber towel, you stick it in the wa- in the dryer. Forget about the washer part right now. And you jack it up to the highest heat possible. You turn it on for 30 minutes. And you pull it out. What's the difference going to be? And I'm putting this as a softball to one of you guys to answer this. What's the difference between... A brand new microfiber towel sitting on the left and one that's been in the dryer. I think it takes away the resorbency. Is that a word? I actually totally agree with that, and I think it turns into a dreadlock as well. The, well, the there's, fiber. Um, I mean, not to get too techy here, but there's two materials in microfiber, and one of them is susceptible when you heat it up mm-hmm. to actually not melt, but it will start moving around on the filament, on the microfiber filament. So normally when you have a gap, a microfiber is all about surface area. So there's a split down the filament. And in that split is this other polyamide material. When you heat it up in the dryer, that softens up and it fuses the gap together. And you've lost your surface area. Thus, you've lost your absorbency. There you go. See, I I knew that was the end result. (laughs) I had no idea how it got there. Yeah. But I knew ultimately. You got to do your cricket thing. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that wasn't techy enough. Yeah, yeah, wake up, Larry. We gotta finish this podcast. Oh man! Yeah. Uh, See, you want a quick answer? Come to me. You want the long answer? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. wasn't too long. You go to old Mr. Jason. I got plenty of time on my hands. Rose. But yeah, okay. But so that was good. That was interesting. The dryer, low or no heat? I mean, is that the simple answer, yes, Joe? The simple okay. answer, right there. Right. All right. Uh, Andy Sink. Uh, Andy Saint. C-R-Y. C-Y-R. Uh, his question is, how do you know when X is good enough for 75% paint correction detail? How do you know when step X is good enough? Hey, let's read the... Re- we had little clip notes here, so I'm going to read you a real thing. Hey, Larry, congrats on the number. I'm curious how to call... Uh, I'm curious how to call when step X is good enough and I should step move. X. The last step? Whatever step he's using? Whatever step he's using. Okay, yeah. Whatever. How do I call? Uh, I'm curious to how do I how to call when step X is good enough and I should move on to the next step. Oh, maybe oh. when it stops performing? What he's asking? I think that's probably that, what that'd be asking. one indication. You're, you're using something and it stops performing. And he you, says, "Let's assume that this is a 75% detail and not a week-long 100% detail, like you mentioned in an earlier podcast. I, like you, tried to be a perfectionist and get the vehicle as clean and new-looking as it possibly can be. 
when I'm only charging between $150 to $200 for complete detail, a 12 to 15 hour cleaning isn't very profitable. And I totally agree with that. My OCD wins every time. So I think he's asking when, when does he move from, let's, let's just say from a polish from a compound to a polish. When, 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 when is he done with that step? When does, when does he know if assuming it's a 75%. This guy's just asking for your permission to move on. That's what it is. <laughs> He's spending too much time on the car, and he goes, I need Larry's permission <laughs> to, to move <laughs> on. Yeah, well, there's a little something there. Larry said that was good. I'm, was I'm, cool. I'm doing the sign of the cross on the, on the uh, <laughs> you may proceed. That's right. You may proceed. You know, it, to answer his question, he's going to need experience. You do a couple of cars. You know what performance you can get out with certain machine, pad, and product combos. And you just know by experience how far you can take it and when – Continuing on is a waste of time. Makes sense. Hmm. I'm trying to say. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my arms around the question. So if if the objective is 75 percent defect removal, and then he says a perfectionist, that doesn't those two words don't go. Yeah, don't yeah. Go. Very difficult to and go it, for 75 percent. Right. And if he's trying. in the business and he's doing 75 percent, lose the perfectionist thing. Yeah. To live a nice peaceful life. Yeah. Otherwise, you go nuts. So that's what he's doing. He's asking for your permission. He goes, "That's only 75 percent, Larry. Is that okay?" Tell him it's okay and he can move on. It's okay. You can move on. <laughs> you can move on. <laughs> Tell the customer I said it's okay. But, but I think uh, once he, he picks the products he likes, the machine, and the process, he will know how far he can take it to where that, that's the maximum potential for those steps yeah. that I've taken. Yeah. And for that amount of time and for what I'm charging. So it just, I think he has to answer his own question with uh, time behind the wheel. Time, with his yeah, own experience. It's how much time... Uh, are you putting into it? How much money are you making? Right. I mean, that's a balance there. Right. Yeah. All right. Next question from Kevin Ganey. Um, I know Kevin. <laughs> I know. All right. Yeah. That's the last one, I promise. Uh, <laughs> this one is, um, it, he, he mentions a particular polisher in here, and I'll mention it, but I think it, it, there's a, it, it goes to any polisher, I think. On a flex polisher, would a bigger pad or a smaller pad be more aggressive? There's multiple questions in this. What's the answer on that? Oh, well, Which first of all, there's different flex polishers. Right. So, but I can answer this way. I know what if, you're yeah, Go ahead. This is what we did in the class today. Yeah. If it's a rotary, mm-hmm. when you upsize and go to a larger pad diameter, you are being more aggressive. Why? Because of um, surface area and the larger diameter means a larger uh, increased speed on the outer perimeter of the pad Mm -hmm. so with orbital it's the opposite so if you have a da or an orbital polisher um the smaller the pad you go the more aggressive you're being got it so all right so the that's the first question we know smaller pads and da's are more aggressive that's what what his question is that's what he said that's the next thing he says right okay and larger pads on rotaries are more aggressive which is what you said okay what happens when you combine the two into the flex so you have a larger and a small on the flex. I'm assuming he's talking about the force rotation. I, 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 that's pretty much synonymous now, flex with the force rotation. What happens when you combine the two into the flex? What do you mean? How do you combine two pads? I don't know. <clears throat> um, yeah, if you... Yeah, I'm the same machine. Yeah, that's what I think he means. So okay. Well, I'm, okay. So I I can answer that. In other words, compare large pad, small pad on the flex. Yeah, and let's assume the thirty four hundred one. 
Yeah, assume no force rotation. Well, because it's force rotation, it is actually acting a lot like a rotary because it does have a gear-driven rotation. So those things that apply for a rotary, bigger pad is more aggressive. That's a true statement for the flex. Okay. That was a good, you know, that was a good question then he asked. Yeah. yeah. It, you yeah. know, it, I'm, you know, making these questions sound goofier because I'm reading them and I, I, there's like syntax and inflection in when yeah, they're yeah. writing and I, I don't know yeah. where it is. Um, all right. We got uh, two more questions and then we're out of here. Uh, Jan Smet says, how do, how do you come up with your pricing of your services? I took a look at a lot of services being offered around here, but some of them seem to be so cheap they're practically doing it for free. If that's not a you know seven hour response, yeah, that, I don't, that, <laughs> that, that's that's the disease that goes around in this. In that's this a industry. whole another podcast, actually. Yeah, <clears throat> my short answer is, and I'll throw it to you, and we'll keep this one short. I looked when I first started. <clears throat> I looked at everybody else who was around me, and I went twenty percent higher as a mm -hmm. rough number <clears throat> because I didn't want those bottom feeders. Mm -hmm. um, but that is a very short answer to a very long question. I don't, do you have a short? Do you have a Quickie for this. Well, um, I you know had a mobile detail business for twelve years, and I struggle with pricing just like a lot of detailers do. But I tended to work it from the cost up, and then compare where where I end up with to the market prices in my in the area. So that's how I did it. I just what does it cost my labor? What does it cost in materials? And add the profit margin I wanted, and where did I end up? You know, I did that with each of my services. And where does that price fit in the landscape of pricing in my market? So that's that's. And the bottom line is, you need to know your numbers, and I say this all the time. And yeah. it's it's wildly important because there's no way for you to tell if you're more profitable, you know, where your profit line is. And and one of the examples I think is helpful if you have shop A on the corner and shop B, which is a mile down the street, and he's charging a hundred, and you want to charge ninety, so you're yeah. under him. You're under him by uh, $10. You hear that? No. I'm hearing feedback right now like crazy. Uh, humming or something? From yeah. the refrigerator right here? Yeah. Right, there Probably what it is. Um, if that guy, if you're undercutting him by $10, the, the thing that makes people go, oh, I get what your point is, what if that guy, his father bought the building 25 years ago and he's not paying rent? Yeah. How do, how yeah. do, you, how do you know? You don't know the situation. Yeah, you either. have no idea. So that's why it's, it's very blind to go in and say, I'm just going to charge less than him. So, again, we're sort of starting to seep into this long topic. I don't yeah. know if you have anything else. To that. Um, well, my quick answer is what, is what market are you targeting? That's what you have to define first. You can't just throw a number out there. Mm -mm. Get a number at your marketing. I happened, I happened, I had the saying, poor people suck. We'll see. I'm going to get in trouble for that. But that's just a joke, right? <laughs> but uh, so what I did is I targeted I targeted the wealthy people. They had nicer cars. I get less hassle about the price. They had the finer of everything. You know, they had the, the, the finer houses, the finer china. You know, they have horses. They have all, so, so they pay to have nice things, and they pay to have the nice things cleaned and cared for. You know, people, you know, the blue-collar people, you, you pass by their house, and their gutters need work. The house may need paint. They're all good people, hardworking people. They just don't have the money for it. Mm -hmm. So let me. So I decided I'm going to target the people that have the money to to pay for this. All right, they're willing to pay a premium for excellent service. And excellent service just isn't how nice you got the car. Excellent service mm -hmm. was showing up on time mm -hmm. and being yeah. efficient, making the car look beautiful, right. being polite, leaving the area clean, following up later, coming back next week exactly on time, 
and and like it's that. The service. Uh, I put cars away. I put keys away. I have garage remotes. I have sometimes I don't see my clients for months. They travel, so that's what I targeted. So, so now I know my target. What are they willing to pay? You know. So if this guy has a Ferrari, and I don't know what the labor rate now is, but remember researching it, and then you took your Ferrari in, it was what 150 bucks an hour or whatever it is. I'm thinking, so I'm gonna charge him 25 bucks for a wash. You know. So mm-hmm. my rate, my rate now is about eighty bucks an hour. We, you know, it depends how long you take on a car, but we try to keep it about eighty dollars an hour, and they pay it. They they gladly pay it. Mm-hmm. So I offer. So to recap, pick your market, and now it could be soccer moms. Those guys, yeah. you know, do that. Yeah. That's, that's just fine. But see what they're willing to pay. Right. Find the soccer moms that want to pay for an excellent job, and be that guy. Don't be, don't don't compete overpriced unless yeah. you're going to be Walmart. Or McDonald's. Mm-hmm. If you're not Walmart or McDonald's, then don't compete over price. Mm-hmm. Compete over value and offer an excellent service. And you're also training people. I did this in my little seminar thing. You're training people to to get in line and only buy your services when there's a discount or you manipulate That's the right. pricing. And those are the type of people that you do not want as a long-term loyal customer because they're not going to be. They're only going to be around when you drop your price. And, is, it, and if you add it long enough and you're known for good work, they're going to want you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to pay the, the good price. Mm-hmm. So, so that's good answer. Right there. That was a good answer. All right, last question from Jordan Lee, and this is going to be more on. Uh, Jason. Oh, I know Jordan. <laughs> there you go. Oh, sorry, liar. See? <laughs> you lie. That. That's right. <laughs> All right. I know Lee. Jordan <laughs> oh, asks uh, an acid-based cleaner, uh, wheel cleaner in parentheses, Meguiar's wheel brightener, versus an alkaline-based product, parentheses, uh, Meguiar's non-acid wheel cleaner. Is there a question? Yeah, that, that's the question? What, that, that's the question. Was there a question that in there? I think he wants to know what's the difference between the two of them. Oh. Um, well, one is an acid-based, one's a non-acid. Uh, Aren't you glad we brought Jason along? Yeah. Huh? That was a Thank good Thank you, answer. Jason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next question. That's right. <laughs> well, the other, I mean, the one thing I would say not only to this person, but anyone who is using and comparing those two different types of chemicals, um, the one misconception about a quote-unquote non-acid-based wheel cleaner is they they get the impression that it's safe. Now, an alkaline cleaner can be just as aggressive on sensitive wheels as an acid wheel mm-hmm. cleaner can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're both strong Equally cleaning chemi- chemicals. Yeah, yeah. Um, They're just on opposite ends of the pH. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So... I mean, I, I just wanted to say that. I, I, I'm not sure what's behind this person's question, like why they're comparing the two, but um, they are different types of chemistry, and they both clean wheels. Um, there's just a preference for some users to have non-acid, but it just doesn't It doesn't mean, you know, totally safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's all the questions I got uh, for today. That was it, right, Dan? That seems it. We're uh, we're that's up. cool. Yeah, we're up on time, which is good. Hopefully, lots, lots of cold questions. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. He got two guys from Southern California. He says we got a bunch of cold <laughs> questions. Yes. Let, me, let yeah. me grab the, right. the two best guys for this. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we just broke a bunch of Eskimos' hearts, you know. And I know. Yeah. People in North oh, Pole well. crying right now. I think we gave people something to think about. So uh, we got another uh, another day at Mobile Tech Expo. So. Uh, should be pretty fun. Rock on, yeah. And we're doing our yeah. thing. Um, plug away. Jason Rose, McGuire's. Uh, his phone number is... Uh, oh, we're not putting my phone number in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, text him anytime. Day text or night. Him, email him. His home address is... 
Yeah. I am on Facebook, and I invite anybody to reach out to me there. Um, McGuire's.com. All right. You're, you're <laughs> done. You're boring. <laughs> Joe Fernandez. I'm also on Facebook. You know, I got my company in Southern California, Superior Shine. I also have a Facebook page called uh, Ask Superior Shine. A lot of people would ask me questions through a private message or uh, something like that. So I, des- I designed this page so they can ask it, and I could have a shot at answering it. I got other buddies going to have a shot at answering it. And we could just all learn like that, you know. So I, I don't promise you a correct answer, but I will give you an answer. <laughs> I will give you something. Yeah. So it's called Ask Superior Shine. Look for it. You get asked permission to join, and uh, you're welcome to come come check it out. Awesome. I appreciate that. And in the background, Dan the Man Mealy, say hi, Dan, really loud. Hello. There you go. That there now he has been on the podcast. It's it's in <laughs> stone. He's been watching us. Uh, as always, I uh, yeah, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, visit me at AmmoNYC.com. You can email me at Larry at AmmoNYC.com. Thanks to our friends Jalopnik for uh, posting a bunch of stuff. Of course, uh, Matt Ferrer and uh, The Smoking Tire. Those guys are a huge support to us. Um, and I don't know. I'm running out of... Uh, I can't remember. And a bunch of other friends. Who else? Thank your mom. My mom. That's right. The academy. Lovely wife. Yes, thank, and the academy. The mailman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we are exactly at 57 minutes. As always, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back in a, a few weeks. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs> Strap on mic. Yeah, I left it at home. We're, we're supposed to say. Uh, we haven't even started yet, and it's already on. He wants to move it closer to my mouth. Maybe not. The, the reason I don't, I don't touch my mouth with this thing because this could be the microphone he uses actually. All right, let me have the because uh, I'm gonna need to read read it on there. <coughs> Hello. Hello.